And welcome back, everybody, to Ready, Set, Review, your favorite home for movies, music, comic, and culture. I am your host, Matt. And I'm Anthony. Oh, yeah. And we are here to talk to you about a lot of different stuff going on this week. We've got a lot of reviews uh, going for you this week because we missed one last week. We saw a few new things this week. And uh, some really interesting news and uh, some trailers. Uh, been a big week for trailers. So, uh, it has been. so yeah, let's just uh, get right into it. Because yeah. the first thing that caught our eye this week uh, was the new Shazam TV spot. Yes. And, you know, we've yes. been talking for the last few weeks about how hype we are for this movie and how we think it's going to be, like, a legitimately really good movie. Um, but the new TV spot this week had us laughing because it, it if you watch it, it, it just goes out and says it. He's not so serious. No, like, he's not, not so all, serious. Not <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a great movie. I think it's going to be like a comedy, and it's going to be very jovial, very different from a lot of the DC movies. And whereas a lot of people were talking about Aquaman being the best DC movie, I really think that Shazam is going to be the best DC movie. I mean, yeah. essentially, it's you're taking Superman, the Superman character, and you're just adding the comedy to it and, and making it fun and jovial and – and adding that, you know, that 14-year-old boy aspect to it, exactly. which is great. I think this is going to be a great movie. It looks hilarious. Yeah, and if the if the new TV spot is to believe, to be believed, it's like DC is is going, you know, a lot of people are saying that DC is going full Marvel. And you know, of course, yeah, the the angry DC fanboys are Uh-oh. already shitting themselves over. <laughs> Why is it going to be like Marvel? It shouldn't be yeah, like Marvel. It should be their own <laughs> thing. It should be their own thing. No, man. It's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad, it's not a bad thing. thing at all. Like you, know? you, you tried it the dark and gritty way. It didn't work. Nope. Now this is just DC and Warner Brothers trying something different. It's like yep. we said the other week. Aquaman was the start of that. Like Aquaman is, is putting DC on the right path and now that they've seen the success of Aquaman now they're just giving you a full force Shazam is going to be I think it's, it reminds me a lot of like Thor Ragnarok I think it's going to be a lot like Thor Ragnarok yeah I couldn't agree with you more I think that there's actually going to be some very serious scenes and some cool action um, but I, I think you hit the nail on the head it's going to be very Thor Ragnarok where there's a lot of comedy you know there's some definite slapstick and some like ridiculous things that happen but I mean in this new TV spot that scene where Billy Batson is jumping off the roof and he screams Shazam yeah. and he gets struck in by uh, – and he gets the, the lightning in the chest. I mean that's just quintessential, right? Yeah. But it looks so cool and it's just like – it's got me so excited to go and see this movie. Yeah, it's a very cool superhero scene. It, it kind of reminds me of the first Avengers movie when uh, Loki throws Tony Stark off the tower yeah. and he hits the thing to get his armor to come to him and saves him at the last like – a very superhero moment. He's big yeah. boom. He's right back at the top, you know? Yeah. Um, um, and you know, another thing I was just thinking about the Shazam movie that we haven't really talked about that I'm extra excited for, and they haven't really given us any of it in the trailers, which is a good thing, is Mark Strong as the villain. because Yeah, as Dr. Savannah. Yeah, because Mark Strong, uh, he if there's one thing he does well, it's play a bad guy. Like, he was the only, and I will say this, and if, forgive me for saying this, because it's hard to believe that, yes, there is a good part to the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie. Yeah, I said it. I said it. I said it. And the only good part of that movie was Mark Strong as Sinestro. Right, as Sinestro. And he wasn't right. really a bad guy in that movie, but no. like he played a guy who you could tell was going to be a bad guy. Right, right. And he was good at it. Yeah, he was great. You know, and, and then seeing that last scene where, you know, the after credit scene where he actually dons yep. the, the yellow costume, right, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, that movie was garbage. It was, oh, garbage. was so bad. <laughs> but, um, you know, there were a couple of things that, that were cool takeaways from it, and um, I think that this is one of them. And I remember seeing that movie in theaters thinking like, 
oh my god, what a fucking pile of shit. <laughs> I and was so seeing, looking forward oh to god. it too. I thought it was going to be so much fun and it just was not. I remember I got like a glimmer of hope seeing the after credit scene when he put on the ring and I was like, okay, yes, like maybe the sequel will be better. Right, the and then, will be much And better. then just no sequel ever. Yeah, no sequel. Good job. Um yeah, one of the, the things that I'm worried about with Shazam is uh, the way that they're going to do Dr. Savannah. So Dr. Yeah. Savannah is supposed to be like a criminal mastermind. He doesn't really have powers, right? He's just like a mad scientist, right? And like, you know, think of it, that, that's the whole point of Shazam is that he's got that real 1950s, you know, cheeky, you know, overly nice, you know, yeah. believes that there's nothing but good in the world, right kind of personality and so the bad guy is just that over-the-top evil mad scientist yeah. right and so i think that because i've in some of the scenes you see him flying around and he's shooting lightning right and he's obviously got flight and super strength so i don't know if he's like stealing that's Shazam's probably the angle powers, go yeah which is weird but i mean also you know it, it'll be interesting to see what way they go with it and especially if they really do make him that criminal mastermind it'll be a nice dynamic between um, Billy Batson, who is just a kid and really wouldn't understand any of that, it'll be very much like a like a classic Hulk storyline where Hulk's you know one of Hulk's main enemies in the comic books has always been the leader, and right. it was always a great dichotomy because that was back when Hulk was like the brainless brute and the leader was the super genius and it was like brain versus brawn type of thing. Right. Like, and the Hulk right. had to find a way to outsmart him even though the leader was way smarter. That would be yeah. a cool that would be a cool story I think to tell. Yeah, the the one thing that I'm hoping for is that. They have – and I hope they don't talk about it too much. I hope it's nothing more than just like a cameo, like you see him in a glass vial on Savannah's desk. But I hope they have Mr. Mind, which yeah. is the, the mind control worm that he uses. Yep. And he's used it several different times. I mean he actually used it um, – there's a great Justice Society story where it's all about Black Adam um, and – uh, Dr. Savannah is actually using Mr. Mind to control certain members of the Justice Society. Yeah. Like um, Eclipso at the time was actually part of the Justice Society and um, they actually use him. And then all of a sudden Eclipso gets out and he like kills people and like kills isn't, himself too. Isn't that what Lex Luthor was also using in the Kingdom Come story when he was mind controlling uh, Billy Batson? Correct. Yeah. 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 So you, you actually see him right. and, and then he like – and that's what causes him to freak out and turn back into Shazam yeah. – is that because he's older, so he looks like regular Captain Marvel, looks like Shazam, and, um, and and then all of a sudden he gets like covered with the worms, and he finally says it, and then it brings him, you know, which is one of the coolest, in my opinion, one oh, of the yeah. coolest scenes in any comic book, and one of the great lines, right, where like all of a sudden, like you believe that Superman is coming to save the day, and there's this line that it goes, um, uh, the hopes and dreams of the one man who might stop it is turned to ash and cinders yep. by a single single bolt of lightning yeah. and then it's got this like splash page where it's just Shazam standing over Superman and it goes Ragnarok has arrived right <laughs> it's just awesome like it's so cool it really made the comic for me it just like one of the just the great comic lines of all time and that was such a cool little twist too where Lex Luthor made all of his cohorts think that he was Shazam that entire time, right? But he, he was, really was he just was an bio. older Billy Batson, right? He was just the mortal Billy Batson, yeah. right? And then that was the big discovery 
And Batman punches him in the face. That was so right? cool. Yeah, he goes, <laughs> old Batman. Yeah, he goes, yeah, he goes, oh, you're telling me that we've been uh, in in fear of just the mortal <laughs> Billy Batson? It's like, and he punches him right in the mouth. Man, that was yeah. so, so good. Yeah, really cool. So I'm excited. I, I'm excited to see where they go with this and some of the things that they can do now that they are bringing Shazam into the DCEU. I think I think that it, it like, seeing a crossover with him into, like, a Justice... Um, um, a Justice League movie in yeah. the future could be really cool. Um, you know, I mean, there were hints of it in the last movie, right? When you have that big war scene, right, which was really cool, where you see the Green Lantern and yeah. you see, you know, there's the guy and he's shooting lightning out of his hands. And um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously a direct homage to, to Shazam. And I hope, and I hope that what they do is I hope they use Shazam. In place of Superman, at least for the time being, because yeah, I, I'm a little Henry Cavill. Yeah, like out. I'm a little sick of Superman right now. And they made, you know, if it does take place in the same universe, the way they did Justice League makes it very clear that you clearly don't need the rest of the superheroes because they were getting their ass beat by Steppenwolf. Yeah. You know, and Superman just comes in and just wrecks him in yeah. two seconds. Yeah, like, which is exactly what Superman should be and should do. Exactly. Uh, you know, I think it was cool, but. You know, I, I I would love to see it, uh, um, see which way they go with it. And then, you know, in the future, what are they going to do? Who's going to be the one that turns bad? Is right. it going to be um, actually Captain Marvel who becomes bad Shazam, who becomes the bad guy, or and is mind-controlled, or is it going to be Superman who's mind-controlled and becomes the bad guy? Exactly. And then Shazam comes in uh, to, to fight him. I, I, you know, I, I think it could be really, really cool and they could do some uh, exciting things in the future with it. But I, all in all with a new TV spot again, you know, yeah. like we've been saying a lot, it just, it seems like DC is going in the right direction. Yeah. There's, there's, there's hope for the DC movies yet. Yeah. And, uh, hope you know, yet. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of hope, another thing we, we posted about on Instagram the other day that, uh, that gave us hope is a little teaser trailer that came out for the new Ghostbusters movie. And this was really interesting because this was clearly something that Sony's been sitting on for a little while because they they announced that that Jason Reitman, the son of the late Ivan Reitman, is going to be writing and directing the new Ghostbusters movie, which will be a direct sequel to Ghostbusters 2. And literally, it felt like the same day. I think it might have been the next day. That teaser trailer was out. Yeah. So they've been sitting on this for a while. And they're like, bam, bam. It seemed like it came out of nowhere. So they've they've definitely been keeping it in their back pocket and then wanted to just drum up some uh, some chatter about it which i think is really cool and who knows you know i hope it's i hope it's going to be a good movie i hope that they're going to do it in the uh in the right light i hope yep. they make it you know an action comedy without any kind of slapstick or anything like that and it would it would also appear that uh, uh leslie jones who was in the Ghostbusters reboot, appears that uh, she did not get the memo about the new movie. <laughs> Doesn't seem to be real happy about it. Man, definitely. she rage-tweeted as yeah. soon as that trailer came out. Like, the just the, the single dumbest tweet I've ever seen from a celebrity. And that's saying something. That because, says a lot. Yeah, like, that says a lot. Because she, she went, she first of all accused the studio of abandoning them. She said mm-hmm. it was insulting that they were mm-hmm. going with this movie instead of what you could assume would be a sequel to the movie that she made with Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig. And then she said, this is something that Donald Trump would do. And you're what? Yeah, and like, I don't understand. What does that mean? You know, like, why can't it just be in one universe? Why can't they just bring them into the new universe, right? Or into the new movie, right? Yeah. Like, where you just have, like, a big army of Ghostbusters. Oh, wait, I know why. 
uh, because they weren't funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. No, come on. You. I know you didn't see the Ghostbusters. <laughs> I did not movie. see the movie. I saw. So, yeah. so to be clear, let's just clear the air here right now before anybody gets on our cases. We were not of the opinion that the all-female reboot was a bad idea. No, in fact, just the opposite. Yeah. I thought I, was I thought it was, it was a great idea. Cool. I thought it was going to be especially really cool. with the the, the the writing and directing team they had behind it and the cast. Yeah. Like these are funny actresses they had yeah. in the main character. I was really excited about it. And the people that were were raging over it because oh it's a disgrace because it's uh, all female. Why shut the fuck up? Okay, yeah. just shut up. And that's not Stupid. why it did bad. Yeah. It's not. It's not. You know. It did bad because it wasn't funny. Yeah, it did bad because it wasn't a good movie. It was not a good movie. No. And to this tweet that Leslie Jones made, like, I don't think she understands how Hollywood works. Like, you win some and you lose some, you know? You were in a movie that was uh, just panned by critics and fans alike yeah. and was only, like, marginally, marginally profitable at the box office. Yeah. So, of course, Sony, is a, Sony, a major motion picture studio, is going to abandon any future movies yeah. in place of what they consider to be a more guaranteed success with the direct sequel directed by the son of the original writer. Come on! Right, and you got to look at it the, the way that we try and always, you know, look at movies and, and making sure that, like, you got to understand this is a business, right? That's yeah. why we talk about, you know, the, the, the movie that wins the week because it's the movie that makes the most money, right? That's what you're doing. You're yep. making movies. You know, there are obviously artistic movies that are there to just to just uh, put an opinion out into the, the universe and to put art out into the universe, right? Which I think is a really good thing. And then sometimes you get that crossover, things like uh, Crazy Rich Asians or yep. My Big Fat Greek Wedding, right? Where you get these small budget movies that end up doing really, really well, which is great. But at the end of the day, the whole point of making a movie is to be able to make money, right? And so if you're not making money, then... Like, yeah. you know, then what is it? And you can't fault a, a studio for having a franchise and yeah. you're sitting on a gold mine that could potentially make money just because, like, right? you were in a version that didn't do well. And even, you know? and even and so, if the studio promises you the world, because it seems – it definitely seems to be a trend that studios are doing today where everyone's trying to cash in on the success that Marvel has done with their shared universe and everyone's trying to create and build their own franchise. And, yeah, without question, that Ghostbusters – reboot was supposed Without to question. be the first of a new series but you know it doesn't always yeah. work that way just ask tom cruise when he signed on to do that god-awful money mummy movie a couple yeah. years ago and yeah. they had this big spread and variety in the hollywood reporter about how yep. it's going to be a big shared universe right. with monster movies right and the, mummy, the original yeah. universal monsters right? frankenstein dracula wolfman mummy and the mummy movie just bombed so yeah. hard yeah. that they scrapped the entire idea. So like yeah. this shit happens. Yeah. You made a bad movie. This is your con these are your consequences. Right. And the 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 movie itself is still a profitable franchise, right? So you can't fault them for wanting to bring and, and inject life into a profitable franchise. Exactly. And it's right? like, and they're, and they're, and like, you know, God forbid they listen to the fans once. Like, fans have been asking for a new Ghostbusters movie for years. And yeah. now we're finally getting the Ghostbusters movie that we want. Yeah. And that we all deserve. Yeah. Right? We all like, deserve this. Know. And, you know, who knows? Maybe this one will be bad too. Right. Know? Yeah. There's no guarantee this one will be good either. You know, and, and even if they get, you know, 
know, actors like Dan Aykroyd or, or Bill Murray to be in the movie and have significant roles, you know, who's going to take the lead role? Are they going to try yeah. and put young actors over? Are they going to bring in some of the female characters, which I think that they should? Yeah. You know, and I, I heard the, the last that I read was that Aykroyd and uh, Ernie Hudson are 100 percent in. Bill Murray is still on the fence just because he's Bill Murray and he likes to act like that. Um, but the last report that I yeah, read was that in. the new it's going to be like focused on a new younger generation of Ghostbusters. And yeah. it's supposed to be like two men and two women, I think. Um, or are going to uh, comprise the team, and which is like you know a, a great idea. Like they, yeah. they should take this and run with it because it, there's no way it could be worse than the reboot from 2016 <laughs> or 2017, whatever it came yeah. out. That was just oh god, yeah, it was bad. I mean, I, I and we were just talking about this, but I haven't even seen it on any streaming services yet. Yeah, nobody it's, wants it. <laughs> yeah, it's not on Netflix. It's not on Amazon. Yeah. I haven't seen it anywhere. And to be fair, you know, I don't think that it was bad because of the talent of the actresses that were in it. Um, Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, yeah, these were funny actors. Leslie Jones, yeah. they're hilarious actresses. Yeah. But the, just the writing and the jokes were, were terrible. They were yeah. bad. They were yeah. just bad jokes. It doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. Well, Sorry. Whatever. Try you know, again. You know, yeah, try again. Here we go. So we're actually going to get a chance to uh, to actually have it tried again and to see where it goes from here. And hopefully, you know, it'll be something that'll be interesting and, and actually be a funny movie that we can get behind. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so some other news that came out in the last couple of weeks, very exciting news um, yep. for us. Uh, the D, So as we all know, the DC animated movies, as of right now, just absolutely crush the live action oh, movies yeah. For to the pieces. Most, yeah, for the most part. Like, they've always so been much good. Better. And, and, yeah, just really good and really cool movies. Yeah. And uh, there's there's two that got announced in the last couple of weeks uh, that are uh, rumored to be in development. One of them is uh, Red Sun Superman. Uh, and the other one is Batman Hush. So let's take these one at a time. Yeah, let's do Red Sun first. why they're both awesome. So if you're not familiar with the Red Sun storyline, essentially it is the story of Superman. Um, if he didn't fall to Earth in Kansas, he fell to Earth in Russia, in, uh, yeah, Russia okay, in yeah. the Soviet Union um, back before the Cold War, right? So – Instead of being raised by an American family, he's raised by a Russian family. And so he believes in strength and he has the whole Russian culture, right? And so he's a, a much different, much more, you know, kind of, um, I don't want to say, he, he's, he's very strong in principle. But he's a very strong man. I yeah, exactly. Vodka. And that's all that he is, is all about strength, right? And, it, you know, and it's just such a cool storyline. And they've got some different interesting takes on all of the different characters. Yeah. Everyone from Batman to Wonder Woman to Green Lantern, Lex Luthor, right? They've got, like, all the characters that are there. And, and it's just a really cool comic book. So I'm excited to see them bring it to the animated uh, universe and, and bring it to life. Yeah, I agree. I think that Red, Red Sun for me is one of my favorite um, – I don't know what would you call it, an Elseworld story? Like it just a yeah, yeah. Just one of my favorite uh, DC stories. Um, and uh, Batman Hush oh, is man. probably one of my all-time favorite DC stories. Because yeah. that, unlike Red Sun Superman, um, is uh, is is canonical. Um, it takes place in the the, the regular universe. Um, right. I think it was like 2001. Uh, it came out. Uh, it was back when Jim Lee was doing the art on Batman. Yeah, Hush. Yeah, yeah. you're talking about yeah. yeah, Hush. And it's just this yeah, I think brilliant. I think it was yeah, right like around the right? early two yeah. thousands, or maybe two thousand two or two thousand three. Yeah. And not. it was actually, you know, for if you haven't if you haven't read it, an interesting thing about Hush is that when it was it was a precursor to uh, Under the Red Hood, right? right. Um, 
because you find out that, you know, when you're reading Hush, you think it's just Clayface um, imitating Jason Todd, who he thought was Hush at that time. Um, but uh, but yeah. then you find out when the Red Hood storyline starts Spoilers. that it was actually yeah, – suppose if you haven't read from 19 years ago right. – um, that it, <laughs> it was actually Jason Todd for a minute, and then it, it changed out yeah, to Clayface. Yeah, it changed to Clayface. And afterwards. it's just a great story because it, it explores um, some – you know, a little bit of retconning almost, if you will, about Bruce Wayne's past, and he has this childhood friend – um, the the doctor who actually what was his name uh, the guy actually was hot from forgetting his name right yeah, now yeah it's it's actually escaping me as well uh, but yeah but yeah. so and it, it was just like this great little mystery right and it was like and, and it was somebody who was close to Thomas Wayne <laughs> yeah and he was a surgeon and yep. um he was friends with Bruce when they were kids yeah and um yeah and there's like a whole crazy story to it and Bruce or and he blames Bruce Wayne for his like his death. parents yeah, yeah. death and everything like that and he blames Thomas Wayne for it as well um you know but it's it's still it's it's just an incredible storyline with um, you know, Superman is in it, and every single villain yeah. from uh, Batman's Rogues Gallery, and I'm just—it it could be a really cool movie. Yeah, I'm excited about it because the one thing the DC movies have done really well when they adapt these stories is that they stay very, very true to the source material, which is—is is, you know, we we talked about it before. You know, when you're doing live action. Not always the best idea to stay 100% true to the source material. You yeah, change exactly. Everything. So, yeah, anytime you switch the medium, yeah. you have to you have to change the story. But when you're doing animated, it's much easier to stick directly to the source material. And I, for one, am just excited that we're not getting another goddamn Dark Knight Returns uh, <laughs> um, uh, rehash because I feel like that's all we've been getting in terms of Batman for the last ten years. Yeah. Dark Knight this, Dark Knight that. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. You know, and it's I think it's going to be cool. Um, to see the way that it's done it's going to be interesting to see the art you know is the art going to be the same as what they've done so far yeah um or is the art going to be different is it going to be something where it's it, it is a little bit crisper a little bit and you know that's an not that anime style art you know that's an interesting point you just brought up because they i they haven't said anything about this but i'm wondering um do do they put the the red sun movie obviously can't be but do they put the hush movie inside of this little animated universe that they're developing right now with the movies that have been coming out, like with Death of Superman and Justice League War and Reign of Superman. Yeah. Do they put Hush? I, I, I bet they do. I hope so. I think it would be great. Because so, it seems to be what they're trying to create is an animated universe yeah. very similar to their live-action universe. I think it would be cool if they right? did that. And, you know, not for nothing, but um, this weekend coming out, you know, and, and I'll, I'll skip to this, um, is the fact that... Uh, the Dragon Ball Z movie Brawly oh, yeah. made twenty million dollars at the box office this weekend. Twenty million dollars. Yeah. That's crazy. It's absolutely crazy, right? And so it shows you that animated movies, um, especially ones that are a little bit more action, um, can be uh, can be profitable movies. That they, they can they can actually have you know a, a good backing. It can and it can be good movies and they can make money. Yeah, lots of money. Especially when you consider the the production costs in a movie like that are astronomically lower yeah. than they are in a live action yeah. movie. Like you know, so so yeah, uh, we we need to see the Broly movie this weekend. It, it actually has. Um, uh, I, I looked just before we started, but it's like 
high 70s on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yeah. Like, with just, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't see that for a lot of Dragon Ball or, like, animated movies in general. And like, especially Dragon Ball, like, because yeah. it's, like, kind of the same concept over and over and over again. Exactly. So the, the fact that, like, actual critics, again, not that we give a shit what critics say, but the fact that actual movie critics are giving this movie good reviews up to this, the considered fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about and, that. And we haven't seen it yet, but we are very excited to go and see it. We're going to get to try it. We're trying and go and and get a chance to go see it this weekend if we uh if we have some time but um yeah I'd, hopefully we will be able to find a theater near us that's showing it yeah. and um and we'll get a chance to uh um to check it out and then we'll we'll definitely let you guys know what we think about it and you know? so and if you have if you've seen it you know let us know your opinion and so some other cool comic book news that's been uh, making the rounds this last week. Um, the ever so lovely Rob Liefeld has been making a splash uh, because he's creating a new character for X-Men, uh, which is going to appear and I think it's a six-issue miniseries coming out in April. Uh, the character is... So it's funny for a few reasons. The, the, <laughs> the character is called Major X. Yeah, Major X. Which is like just such a Rob Liefeld character name because you can tell... He's just he's just sitting there with his like Rob Lightfield spin the wheel Nemo generator right, and throwing right. a dart and seeing what sticks. And the design of the character is so we'll post a picture on our Instagram, but the design it's so Rob Lightfield. It's he's wearing a, a skin tight red suit, he's got two guns, two swords, and he looks like he he looks like he could be Deadpool just with a helmet that has an X on it. Like or he could be Wolverine. Like all of all of Rob Liefeld's characters look like they could either be Deadpool or Wolverine or Cable. And yeah. Major X is no exception. <laughs> I mean what are they gonna do? How is he gonna act without feet? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rob Liefeld notoriously cannot draw feet. Oh, he can't really draw hands either. Like, he's, if you ever noticed that, he can't draw hands. And you know, good for Rob Liefeld, man, for for taking it all in stride. Because you know, in this in this day and age of social media, it's impossible not to know what people think about you. And everybody knows right. that Rob Liefeld. And you know what? It's like it, sometimes I feel like he's drunk when he's doing art because I've seen him draw a lot of stuff. That's really legitimately good art where like the, you know, the body parts are proportionate to a normal human body. Like, you know, the biceps aren't at the same size as their heads and like things like that. But then sometimes you see pictures that he draws where they're just like the, it, you can't even describe the anatomy. It no, doesn't the, make any yeah, sense. Yeah, they're usually their muscles are bigger than their head and um, yeah, it's just not yeah. uh, he had a uh, he actually had a gag character in a in a comic book a few years back because um, one of the things that he always gets made fun of for is putting unnecessary pouches on his characters. Oh, that's right. So he created yeah. a character called Pouch, and it was literally a humanoid thing made out of all made pouches. Out of all pouches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like so. Good for you for taking it all in stride, Rob Liefeld. Shout yeah. out to you. Trying to bring in new characters or yeah. old characters, you know, that's cool. So yeah. we're we're definitely gonna pick up this little issue, mini run and see. Because apparently yeah. there's a big mystery of who's under the helmet of Major X because he comes from a an alternate universe apparently where mutants live in some sort of utopia. Right, and I'm sure it'll be some kind of reveal. Yeah, it's going to be a big reveal. I, I'm guaranteeing it's like I, if Captain it's, America. I was just going to say, if it's fucking Cable, I'm going to like lose my mind. <laughs> like, yeah, if it's something dumb like it can't. Cable. It cannot be Cable, it cannot be Deadpool, and it cannot be uh, Wolverine. As long as no. it's not one of those three, I'm okay with it. Yeah. 
Because with yeah. Rob Liefeld, you never know. Everything revolves around those three characters. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> and, like, and like Domino. And, and Shatterstar. Oh, God. That's who, that's who it'll, it'll be, be, right? Shatterstar. It'll be Shatterstar. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm calling it right now. It's going to be Adam X, the extreme. That's Remember right. that guy? Yeah. Remember that guy from the comic books? He had the most ridiculous power ever. His power was that he would carry around blades, and he would cut you with the blade, and he could, like superheat something within your blood to like make your blood boil but like he had to be exposed so like, he would throw these little knives at you and if you got a cut on your arm he would superheat yeah, something in your you blood he'd like, give you a paper cut and then I, like superheat your blood and his costume was so ridiculous he always wore a backwards baseball cap and he had dreads and he had these shoulder pads with spikes on them like right. the same spikes he would like it just didn't make any sense no no so 90s like so 90s and his name was the extreme adam x the right. extreme like the most 90s character ever yeah i wouldn't be surprised if it was uh, x-man right uh the oh, cable nate from, oh. yeah nate gray from the future right which oh. i actually liked x-man but you know it, it that would still be like kind of a letdown to be like oh yeah yeah cable just in a different form yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah I, I liked the idea of x-man but he was never he was never written properly he just sort of fell flat for he because he was one of those characters you know where they they gave him like a like an omega level of power, right? Exactly, and he was like so op that they just like really never put him in a a Superman complex, right? You know? Yeah, exactly. How do you write a character that's this powerful? And well, that was it's his because issue? the only reason they brought him in was because they had to fight Onslaught, who was like a regular, ridiculously op character anyway, right. who literally redefined the entire Marvel universe when they did the Heroes Reborn, <laughs> oh, and then Rob Liefeld drew every hero. Oh God. Heroes when he Reborn. did, you remember when he did Captain America, yes. dude? It was so bad. It Heroes, was so bad. Heroes Reborn was so cringeworthy. Yeah, it was so bad. So they, they stopped that pretty quickly. Yeah, oh god, real fast. Yeah. Right, let's let's talk about this. Who would you like to see under the helmet? Who do you think would be cool to see if it was revealed and it would be a cool thing? See, that's a tough question. I'm glad you asked. That. It's a tough question because. He comes from a different universe. Right. You know, so we, we can't think of it in the same sense of, like, who we want it from the canon universe. Right. Um, I – oh, man, that's a good question. I mean, you, it would, it, you would expect it to be somebody in the X-Men universe. Right. Um, I think they would be wise to go with a – lesser known character like don't yeah. make it one of the core heroes or villains like yeah. don't make it magneto and obviously do not make it like cable like we right said. And you already did the magneto in the new right, x-men when he was Zorn, yeah. yeah and he was under the helmet yeah right but then it wasn't really magneto it was just right. a clone of magneto yeah. oh god right <laughs> and talk, talk about what a, what a way to, to ruin grant morrison's run on on because new x-men was yeah amazing. it was really cool and that's actually one of the only things i'm looking forward to yeah. in dark phoenix is their outfits yeah, which i think their outfits look really cool yeah very right? much an and i'm really hoping who knows maybe dark phoenix will surprise us i doubt it but who knows maybe it will yeah i'm gonna go with a hard no on that one <laughs> um, yeah but i don't know who could, i don't know who, who would make cool. sense um i don't know who would make sense yeah, I mean, it has to be somebody who would use swords, right? Because he has swords. I mean, all Rob Liefeld's characters have uh, have swords. And they stuff, all right? have swords. Like, you know, right. I don't think they would do like a – they wouldn't do like an X-Force character. Like, they wouldn't do a Thunderbird or something like no. that. Um, no. It has to be more mainstream than yeah. it. it. has to be more well-known. Exactly. I think right. they've already done Gambit time traveling enough with the days of – or with Bishop's storyline yeah. in the 90s. Oh man, that's a tough yeah, call. Who could it be? Bishop is actually a, a, a good point. That that would actually be a pretty cool. It would be cool if it was Bishop. It would be a cool reveal if it was Bishop. That would be yeah, cool. That, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah I, I would definitely like that. 
Um, you know, I was trying to think of like some other characters that might fit in, and but I mean, Bishop really fits in well there. I think that that I think that um, that's a great way to do it. He's already a sort of like you know a future character, yep. so bringing him in this way, I think would would make a lot of sense, and they can do it very well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I almost um, even wouldn't mind if it was like a saber tooth. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, maybe a villain. Wow, yeah. if it was Sabretooth, that would be. I think it yeah. should be like a villain would be kind yeah. of cool. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's not Toad. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? That would be so Rob Liefeld, God, right? Oh. If it was Toad, like and all of a sudden he's got the big long tongue, <laughs> right? Because he do, does the why do you wear, arts, right? Wait, he goes, why do you wear the helmet to protect my tongue? <laughs> to protect my tongue. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so bad. Played by Ray Park. <laughs> yeah, played by yeah, played by Ray God. Park. It looks like Ray Park. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you mentioned though Dark Phoenix because another thing, uh, mm-hmm. uh, friend of the show Dave shared a little article with us and interview with uh, James McAvoy. Yep. Um, so James McAvoy, of course, plays Professor Charles Xavier in all the latest Hulu of X-Men movies, the yeah, younger the, Charles the, Xavier. The younger universe. Uh, he will be Charles Xavier again in the upcoming Dark Phoenix movie, which will uh, most likely bomb. Um, but he, there yeah. was a, So in this interview, uh, the, the person interviewing him asked him how he felt about the Fox-Disney merger and the fact that the X-Men were most likely going to uh, become a part of the MCU. Right. And he, in no uncertain terms said he thought it was a bad idea and his reasoning was because he doesn't understand how they would manage it because the x-men the concept of mutants are essentially that anyone could be a superhero with their powers he's like so how do you fit that in in the world where superheroes already exist and yeah i think it's i think it's face palm yeah Yeah, like (laughs) I i think it's super easy and supernatural right and i think that it creates a whole group of villains for or at least anti-heroes or yeah, antagonists for the Avengers to fight against, right? Exactly. Because you really don't want like we've done the Thanos storyline, right? And so you don't want one big world-ending villain. Like you're gonna right. eventually have to, right? Which is gonna be interesting to see. Like who's it gonna be? Is the next one? Is it gonna be Kang? Is it gonna be you know who's yeah. it gonna be? Is the the next big ending you know villain? Um, but I think that a way that they could build up to it, just like they have now in the Avengers story, is that they could bring in X-Men, right? And then you have the the Avengers versus X-Men storyline. Yeah, totally. You know, maybe even do a Utopia storyline, which I think is one yeah, of the coolest X-Men stories that they've made in the last, you know, 20 years. And it's so – and it's just like – it just, you know, it's almost kind of like – disheartening to hear him say that because it's like you're if if that's the way you really think you're clearly missing the point of the x-men because the whole point of the x-men they've been doing for the last 60 years is that sure you know there's hundreds of thousands of mutants across the world but not all of them have powers that are superhero worthy powers right and the overwhelming majority of them just want to be left alone and and live their lives normally right so so that sort of storyline just lends itself really well to what Marvel is doing. And so like, so my, my, my point is that just because you have hundreds of thousands of people that potentially have powers, they don't all need to be superheroes or supervillains. You right. just focus on a core group that want to use their powers to better humanity. Right. Like and the it, fucking X-Men. Right. And it's it, it's such a good underlying story of, of that, you know, kind of persecution. Yeah. Where they, these guys didn't choose to be superheroes. They're not wanting to. They're they're born this way. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're they're hated and feared because they're so different and because they do have powers. And so I think it would be a really interesting take if they look at it from you know, sort of like that, um, 
that that kind of jealousy perspective, yeah. right? Where people want to be superheroes and they're more mad at, at mutants for being born mutants because they want to, because they're not a mutant. They wish they were a mutant, right? Because exactly. it makes you special. It makes you different, right? And so it's it's like when people come out and try and say that they have, you know, you know, cancer when they don't really have cancer, right? Or they have some kind of problem. Like Roman Reigns. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, listen to episode one for our take on that. Yeah, I, mean, I don't, I don't. Wow, that was. Yeah, yeah. well, we'll see, right? Is yeah, Roman, we'll, we'll see. We'll see this Sunday. Is Royal Roman Rumble next Sunday. Is going to be in the Royal number thirty, Rumble? baby. What did I say? I said if he comes back close to WrestleMania, you're going to know it was. Dude, a work. if he if he comes in as like number thirty, I'll lose my Dude, shit. I, I mean, I think it would be cool. I think, I think it would be great. I, I think it would be great. Be good. Yeah, I think he would get cheered. Great story. So much. No, he would. He'd yeah, so... he get he get cheered so much and then, be so over and yeah and you get him you give him the belt and who cares, yeah right, right exactly yeah and then you give him the run that he always should have deserved <laughs> and then that's fine and then it's great right because i mean you know wwe is shaking in their boots because Ooh, all boy. elite pro wrestling has got a hundred million dollars and it's got the uh <laughs> the owner of the jacksonville jaguars who wrote him a hundred million dollar check yep right and so they're going out and getting all of the free agent talent that's out there so wwe's got to do it Write a hundred million dollar check. Yeah, I know, right? Oh man, <laughs> just to just to support your passion pro wrestling project. <laughs> oh, I'm just gonna take a hundred million dollars and support my pro wrestling habit. Fucking assholes. <laughs> so, um, so other news this week. Uh, trailers dropped this week. Uh, we also posted on Instagram to make sure you guys watched the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer dropped this week, yep. and. I am excited. Yeah, it looks, it looks so really good. Looks, it looks fun. It looks like they kept the same tone as the first movie. Yeah. It looks so well done. And and let's just call it right now. I'm going to call this right now because people are, are freaking out about it on the internet. Um, some good freak out, some bad freak out. The good freak out is like, oh my god, Hydra Man is going to be in it. Sandman's going to be in it. And then the yep. bad freak out is, oh my god, there's too many villains. So for the people that are freaking out that there's too many villains... Let me just stop you right there. Yeah. Because Marvel has never done this before, and they're not going to start now. They're not going to jam seven villains into one movie. No. The no. Hydro Man that – or you can assume it's Hydro Man. Yeah. And or the Sandman Sand type yeah. of thing that you saw, those are – this is a, a storyline – Guaranteed rip straight from the comics. Yep. It's Mysterio creating those illusions yep. um, so that he can make himself look better as a hero because that's one of the things Mysterio has always tried to do. Right. Tried to make himself look better. And for fans, it's like a cool little cameo because, like, hey, you get to see Hydra Man, you get to see Sandman. Right. But at the end right. of the day, those are just, I guarantee you, those are just illusions created by Mysterio. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that, I think having Jake Gyllenhaal, you know, something that we always talk about, having that big name actor to play the part i think it's a great move yeah and he really looks like you know in, in just the short scenes that we've seen him in he looks like he's gonna play a great villain you ever see the movie nightcrawler that he was in yes i did Dude, yeah, so that's really why good. i think he's gonna be yep. great because in that movie for those of you that haven't seen it he plays sort of like this uh bitter and just like angry uh news uh, reporter news reporter right yeah, yeah he's, he's like very bitter yeah. and vengeful because he is not the kind of success that he wants to be right and right that's what mysterio is mysterio is a yeah. is a bitter and vengeful special effects guy because he was never as successful as he wanted to be right so i think this i think it's gonna be so good i can't yeah wait. and he uses you know magic and, yeah. and illusion to create these these villains and then he comes exactly. in and saves the day i'm so right? excited yeah i think it i think it's gonna be really cool i yeah. think it's gonna be 
funny and to see it's going to be interesting to see how um, Samuel Jackson uh, interacts with Spider-Man, right? I think it's going to be looks hilarious. Really cool. Hilarious. Now the rumors, the rumors circling around the trailer are that Happy Bangs Aunt May. Well, I mean, <laughs> wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, no, but um, uh, is that uh, are there scenes that are kind of uh, giveaways to show that Tony Stark is dead? That you Tony know, Stark stays dead at the end of uh, Avengers. Uh, people Endgame. have been people have been saying that. Um, and they're basing it off of nothing. So Just because Happy things. shows up. Well, because Happy shows up, and it's not Tony, to the that Pepper Potts signed the check, right? But right. she should sign the check because she's the CEO of Stark Industries. Right. Right? So she should have signed the check. Um, but then the fact that Nick Fury shows up instead of Tony Stark. Right. Right? Which I think is is really interesting. Yeah, but I think that may be the biggest uh, takeaway or, or kind of uh, giveaway that that Tony Stark dies at the end. I mean, and that's something that we predicted anyway. Exactly. That both Tony Stark and um, uh, and uh, and Captain America, Steve Rogers, are both going to die at the end of end, yeah. Avengers Endgame. Yeah, right? I, I, I think and that you got to move on without yeah. both of them. I think that could be a bit of a tell, but I think it could also just be that um, that Nick Fury is just being Nick Fury like you know it wouldn't be out of character for him to right. just go off on his own to recruit the hero that he feels that he needs for this one particular mission and then boom and, you know there it is right you know? and, and it's probably going to be something I bet you I bet you it's something we find out in the movie that like Nick Fury is actually the one that orchestrated the whole school trip just to get Spider-Man just to get, Spider -Man to, just to get him over there that would be like, funny <laughs> that would be really funny um it's going to be Who do you think paid for this trip, motherfucker? Well, it'll be interesting to see, too. Um, will the Avengers become disassembled after Endgame? Yeah. Right? You know, which is also a really cool storyline, the Avengers disassembled. But, like, will, because there are Avengers that are going to die, yeah. you know, are they going to become disassembled? And then this is basically Nick Fury going out and recreating the Avengers initiative. Yeah. Because he knows, I mean, it's obvious that they need the Avengers, right? Because they are so important of being there, so... Um, you know, you got to get, you, you, you know, it, uh, you know, you got to get a, a new team. So, you know, you have your Avengers West Coast or your new Avengers or, yeah. you know, your mighty Avengers, you know, whatever you want to call them. You know, right? I've, I've heard those rumors, too, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go with no only because I think now that we know that Captain Marvel is coming into the universe. Yeah, I think she's just like she has the same sort of. Uh, leadership clout that guys like Captain America and Iron Man have. So I think they're going to just barrel right into it with the new team of Avengers and right. use Endgame as like a jumping off point for that new team, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that it, it'll be cool. I think that they are going to formulate a new team. Um, and uh, and who knows? We'll, we'll get a chance to see where it goes from there. Um, the only thing I don't like in it is uh, the character of Flash Thompson in Spider-Man. Uh, you know what? Man. man, I said that. I said that too uh, when the first movie, when the yeah, first Spider-Man movie came out. he's the only one. Like, I think that he's a good actor. I, I like the character that he plays in the movie, I just don't think it's Flash Thompson. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like you know, it's I I understand the reason why they did it because the the quintessential bully that Flash Thompson was in the comic books just really doesn't exist. I mean, yeah. whatever. I haven't I haven't been in high school since two thousand three, so maybe they still do. But I don't think that that type of bully like that 
exist anymore. Yeah. It's more the type of bully that they've portrayed him in the movie as, like a modern day bully. Yeah. Because like you know, because in the comic books he was a football jock and he was a complete yeah, moron. But he was the all American, right? right. The blonde hair right. and he was the all American and, and then and he goes into movie, the military and loses his legs. Yeah. And in this you movie know, he's which still is a, like you know that's like a, there's a character arc there, right? right? Where he's this bully and then all of a sudden he becomes handicapped oh, yeah. because he goes into the military and he loses his legs and so all of a sudden he be, he like really reflects on his whole life situation. Oh, Flash Flash Thompson's story arc in the comic books is one of the greatest of any of the Spider-Man supporting 100%. cast because not only does that all happen to hit to him as well. Him and Peter Parker in college end up becoming like best friends. Right. You exactly. Know, like, it's, no, it's, a, it's a totally great story arc. I yeah. agree. And then they bring him. Obviously, he becomes yeah. Agent Venom. Right. Which yeah. is great. So it's like it almost makes me feel that we're never gonna get that Agent Venom. Agreed. You know. Yeah. Which you know, again, they're just now doing the first Venom, and we've got a good Eddie Brock and yeah. Tom Hardy. So you know, stick with that. Um, I do hope that they bring Spider Man into the Venom universe, which I. I imagine that they're going to do. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. Um, especially in the next movie. I, I really think that they're going to do it, but we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I think it's going to happen. I agree. Yeah. Um, but I think it could be cool. I, you know, I'm really excited for Far From Home. I think it's going to be, you know, it, it, on the same in the same way that Shazam is. I think it's gonna it's gonna be just a funny action comedy again. You know, you know who the the, the I, I can't think of his name, but the actor that plays Flash Thompson in the new Spider-Man movies. Yeah. You know who he looks like? Who? He reminds me of M Night Shyamalan. Oh man, a young M Night. <laughs> he Shyamalan. does look like an M Night Shyamalan. Kind of does. He? Like, uh... he kind of does. Actually, the hair and the yeah yeah yeah, yeah he kind of does. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, right. He does right. <laughs> So, uh, speaking of M. Night Shyamalan... Oh, yeah. Here we go. Oh, boy, man. we I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. We saw Glass this weekend. Yeah, we went and saw Glass this weekend. It fucking and, sucked. And it we fucking were, sucked. We were worried about it last week because we were talking about the mixed reviews that it was getting. We both said that we were still very positive about it, right? So there's a lot that went wrong with this movie. Oh, God. There's a lot that went wrong. And, and so, so let's be fair. It started the first, like, 15, 20 minutes. It started good. I would say first full half hour. Yeah, like, like I really liked it. Fire. Absolute yeah. fire. Really, yeah. really liked it. I liked being able to see, you know, where was David Dunn? Where is yep. Joseph? Right? Finding out they're working together in a security place. And I right? love the name Overseer. Like, that yeah, was the Overseer. Cool name, right. Like, yeah, not the Green Hood yeah. or whatever they called him. Right? The Overseer. I thought yeah. that was a really cool thing to do. Um you know, and then and then getting a chance to tie it in with Split, uh, James McAvoy again. Just he's the best part of the movie. He's great in the he's movie. Absolutely phenomenal, and yeah. he just gets a chance to um, he he gets a chance to to play that crazy character right. of um, uh, what's his name, Kevin um, uh, Kevin Wendell Crumb. Yeah, Kevin yeah. Wendell Crumb. Right, Kevin Wendell Crumb. And where he's got the multiple personality disorder, right? And it's awesome. And they really – they have kind of like a cool aspect in order to bring yeah. out all of the different personalities. And he very quickly switches in between the characters. Dude, and James McAvoy was was definitely the best part of the entire movie. And what you said about how they bring out the different parts of his personality, that's where the movie starts to go downhill. So there's so a very – That part I liked, but everything – yeah, no, but everything but, else that they did surrounding it was just not. So like, the, so the, so yeah, so so Bruce Willis and James McAvoy's character have a confrontation early on in the movie, and 
the the first head scratching moment for me was when they're they're fighting in this warehouse. Bruce Willis has just saved these these cheerleaders, right? And they're right. fighting in this warehouse. And they they get the fight goes outside, and then all of a sudden these like spotlights like start flashing, and it changes uh, the Wendell Crumb character right. away from the Beast back into one of his other non harmful personalities. Right. And I'm sitting there scratching my head, going because there's like a military unit almost there with this doctor, and I'm sitting there going, okay. How did they know to to do that? How did they know to do right. the lights? And you don't find the answer to that until the big Shyamalan twist at the end. And so, so I, I want to skip to the twist for just a minute because this is the most infuriating. We like our part. dessert first, so we're gonna skip yeah. right to the end. Here. It's like it's the most infuriating part of the movie oh, for the me because the the twist you get at the end it takes. The entire – so unlike other Shyamalan twists that have been good, right. this twist literally abandons the rest of the plot of the movie and gives you what, in my opinion, would have been a much better plot if they had just gone with it from the get-go. So the twist you find out in the end is that these these doctors that have been trying to convince the Bruce Willis character, the James McAvoy character, and the Samuel L. Jackson character, have they been trying to convince them that they don't have any real powers – you find out that this doctor is part of some Illuminati-style organization right, that society. goes around the world right. to try to convince people with superpowers that they don't have superpowers, and they do it in the interest of mankind or whatever. Right, in order and, to keep balance, right? right? Almost like a Thanos, and right? for me, if they had just given you that plot from the very beginning and made the whole movie all the time they spend in the asylum about that, that would have been an incredible movie. Yeah. Like, that's the plot they should have gone with. Right. Yeah, they, they, they definitely should have. Um, but the, the fact, and if they had set that up from the beginning, it would have made the scenes where the doctor is interviewing them and trying to convince them that they're not superheroes much more interesting. Yeah. Right? So, like, I feel like M. Night Shyamalan is like, oh, he's known for his twist. What a twist. Right? Yeah. And it's so stupid, right? Because most of his movies are garbage, and their twist yeah. at the end... Like The Village. The Village was a good movie up until the twist ending when you find out that they're just in modern times. Exactly. And, and it was so stupid and it ruins the entire movie. And this movie is the opposite. Yeah. It's a shitty movie up until the twist when you're like, why didn't you just do that from the beginning? That's right. such a better it idea. Yeah, it would have made the whole thing much, much better. Yeah. And it, but it, and it ruined it at the end because then you're totally. And it just takes you out of the movie. Because the entire time, good. the entire time she's sitting there and the movie just drags in the middle. It oh, just drags so hard. Drag? When she He's trying yeah. to convince them that they don't have powers. And, like, I, I think, like, you know, M. Night Shyamalan, you know, pro tip, if you're going to make a movie that's supposed to be deeply immersive about psychology, maybe try talking to a fucking psychiatrist because right. it, it was so painfully obvious that, like, this doctor who was playing – she had no clue what she was talking about. Like, this is not the kind of way that you would talk to a psychiatric patient if you're trying to convince them that they're not crazy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And the thing that I didn't like about it was it was too bubbly. It was too. Yeah. It was too lighthearted. It was too funny. Whereas both Unbreakable and Split were very dark yeah. psychological thrillers, yeah. right? They're very dark movies, right? So this movie shouldn't, in no way, shape, or form, should have been tongue in cheek in any way. Yeah. And when they're breaking the fourth wall and they're talking about, oh, this is where the villain comes into the oh. comic book story, and it's like, M. Night Shyamalan, have you ever read a comic book? After 1972, yeah, right. Like this is not the way the comic books are. Like this is no. just like it, it, it. There's a clip at the end where they're in the comic book store, and there is 
the Batman 1960s uh, feature that's on the TV. Oh, the Adam West? Yeah, the yeah. Adam West Batman. And I really think that that's the only fucking comic book movie that M. Night Shyamalan has ever seen. Yeah. Right? Because it was just, it was just so bad and so, like, over-the-top and cheeky, right? And he just doesn't understand comic books. Yeah, when, when he started when he started narrating, when Gl- the character of Glass basically started narrating what was happening oh. as it was happening, oh. it was just so, like... Like, that's the kind of thing where, like, again, this is, like... This is like filmmaking 101. Like you, you don't need the whole one of the purpose. One of the best parts about making a movie yeah. is that you don't need to explain everything with words. That's why there are moving pictures to help you do that. And if you're not a good enough director to be able to get your point across that you're trying to draw parallels to comic books with your movie, that you need to have a fucking character sit there and go, this is where the villain comes in. Right. This is the origin story. This right. is the anti- This is the climax. Like, you're just a bad filmmaker. Right. It's just bad storytelling. And opposite, when they do it in Unbreakable, right, yeah, there's actually points to it, right? When um, when Samuel L. Jackson's mother in, in the story, right? When she's looking at the painting in Unbreakable, right. and she talks about the villain's eyes, and you can always see it in the villain's eyes. That was a good way to do it, yeah. but they only do it that once. They only do it the once, and they don't keep going back to it. Whereas in this story, they do it like four times. Yeah, you know, and it's just so stupid. And they talk about the Osaka building, right? And then they never get there. (laughs) And they just like – they just beat you in the face with it. And and again, the whole whole reveal on the twist where you you find out that – um, you know, Glass's master plan wasn't to blow up the building. It was to just tell the world that people with powers exist. Again, that twist feels – it falls so flat because you don't understand the purpose of the, the, psych, the psychiatrist and her clandestine organization because you don't understand the purpose until the very end. It yeah. makes that twist fall so flat too. Again, if they had set up from the very beginning that they were in an institution and there was this secret organization that knew that superpowered people exist and their whole mission was to keep that information away from the public. And then you have a really interesting story where you essentially have two antagonists, this organization and Glass, going at it, one another, both for different ends. And like, who's really the good guy? Who's really the bad guy? And like, that's good storytelling. What M. Night Shyamalan did is garbage storytelling. Like, garbage. And and, in the last scene, which is like the only action scene, right, that we get right and the the police that come there with the shields and they're like marching over there you can almost hear the comical they're like moving in time and they're just so cheesy and stupid like it's so dumb right and it just makes no sense i did like how they kill everyone at the end of the movie right like even bruce willis's character i didn't think they were going to really kill bruce willis's character but the fact that they kill everyone i actually liked and enjoyed that it was so drawn out though yeah i mean every character got a 15 minute death scene like the whole just fucking die (laughs) you wanted the movie to end and what should have taken 10 minutes it took four 
45 minutes for the movie to end. <laughs> I, I was sitting there in the theater next to Anthony. I was like, please just end this movie. Yeah, please, like, please God. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be here. Yeah, it was just bad storytelling, like yeah. really bad storytelling. And again, yeah. like, like, like we said, they just the fact that they just punch you in the face with the comic book parallels is is just is, is cheap, bad storytelling. And it's just disappointing because they missed the mark on what could have been a fantastic – oh, another thing uh, real quick. I read – I forget where I read. I think it was on like IGN where uh, somebody was saying it, it, this was completely unsubstantiated in the article. I think this guy was yeah. just talking out of his ass. But he tried to convince you that M. Night Shyamalan has had the idea for this trilogy – since he made Unbreakable, well, that's actually correct. That's actually correct. So really, yeah. So he, when he first that. made Unbreakable, well, that was the thing we were kind of touching on it last week. He had the idea that he wanted to make a superhero trilogy, right? And he started with Unbreakable, but then never got a chance to to do the next movie, right? right. And take it to the next level. Then he finally did a good movie, right? And he's like, okay, well, we can just turn this into a trilogy by having 30 seconds of footage at the end of Split, yeah. and we can just, oh, now it's connected to Unbreakable. Yeah, because when they had right? that, which was really cool at the time, because when they but, when they had that reveal in Glass that um, Kevin Wendell Crumb's father was on the same train that Bruce Willis oh was on. Oh when they God. had that revelation, oh God, it, so terrible. It, ju it just felt, again, because nothing else in the movie, it just felt so just thrown in there. Like, yeah. oh, by the way. Yeah, here's another twist just like, for the sake of having a twist. And it didn't make any sense. Yeah, like, it was just totally. Oh, and because his dad died is why he um, why he was continuously abused by his mother and – you know. Yeah, and, and and to be to be fair, I did kind of like the idea that his split personalities um, came as a result of of the, his father dying and his mother abusing him. But then again, yeah, it was that, cool. But then uh, then again, though, that revelation sort of takes away from the idea of super powered beings again, because then right. it's like, so how does he get the super strength to be like? They don't really, you know. Like, like again, you don't need to explain where his yeah. powers come from, but then don't try to explain a portion of his powers right. without explaining the rest of them. Because essentially, what they're saying is his his father dies, his mother abuses him, and that's what makes him have the split personalities. But do the split personalities also give him what, like mongoloid strength? Like, how does that? Uh, would it, yeah, how does that? More you know, than that, I mean, he was literally lifting yeah. up cars and stuff. Yeah. He had super strength. Because they don't explain right? really Bruce Willis's power, which is fine. You don't no, need to. I no. like that they don't explain yeah, it. It's fine. He was just born that way. You know, that's what the brilliant part of yeah. um, of Unbreakable was because you have both ends of the spectrum. Yep. If if there's one person whose bones break as easily as glass, then you have this other person whose bones will never break, right? And doesn't right. get sick, right? Exactly. So he's on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. I love that idea, but they just – they fall so far short of it, you know, in yeah. this movie. So um, – yeah. This is one of those situations where the and, – And thankfully, like we said last week, we didn't pay more than $7. Yeah, $7 smackdown, Thank you, Bowtie. Love, love – go support your local cinema. <laughs> <laughs> I was happy to support you, Bowtie. Man. Yeah. Um, so so last week we also promised you a review of The Reign of the Superman. We didn't get to it, so we're going to give it to you today. Um, so we saw Reign of the Superman a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was that cool little double feature we got to go see yep. uh, with Death of Superman. So 
Reign of the Superman, definitely not as good as The Death of Superman. Right. But still very, very good. There's a lot here for fans to really enjoy, and it continues the story really well. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, I think that they did enough from the comic books that they brought into the storyline to make it really cool. And They brought in the super mullet. I was oh, so they did. happy. The, to bring in long-haired Superman was great. <laughs> uh, they brought in the black suit, which yeah. was great. I thought it was really cool. Um, the way they did Eradicator, the way they did the fights between the Superman, yeah. I think was really cool. I think that they, because they had Darkseid involved in the movie, which I think that he... That he was the one weak spot. Yeah, I don't think that he needed to be involved no. in the movie at all. Um, because they had Darkseid involved, it took away from the sinister character of Cyborg Superman. Yeah, because right? they did a really great job made him look building like up dumb. his character. And like they did a great job building up his character and, and making him seem like a complete psychopath with these you know unrealistic reasons why he hated superman because superman wasn't there to save you in space like yeah, you know and, and it, it's very classic villain motive so it works really well for the character but yeah i agree the the fact that they show that it was dark side manipulating him to an extent just as a yeah. way to get his army from apocalypse to earth it, it sort of cheapened his character a little bit uh, yeah, but by lot, no means ruined anything it just sort of like made you scratch your head a little bit like ah, yeah, yeah. you know and they should have brought in mongol instead of instead Agreed. of dark side yeah. right and they still they could have done a cool scene right where you've got cyborg ship and it destroys coast city yeah right so then you can then you can do a, a future movie where you have green lantern going crazy you bring in parallax Right, and you can just you can just do that yep. storyline, which I think would be really like a cool movie to add into this DC animated universe, yeah. right? But they totally dropped the ball there. But otherwise, the movie was actually very, very good. The yeah. action scenes were awesome. I loved the way that they did Superboy yeah. uh, because he was actually sort of a blend of the two different Superboy characters that we get in the comic books. Yep. Right, where he's um, not only is he half Lex Luthor and half Superman, he's that clone, uh, but they gave him that '90s outfit, yep. uh, which I thought was really cool. And I think that um, because his whole dialogue was all '90s dialogue, oh, so which 90s. was just such a great yeah. throwback to the original character. The only thing that they didn't do, why not have the yellow S on the back of the? I noticed jacket? that, yeah. I noticed you know, it's such a simple thing that yeah. they could have done, and you know. And I, not the yellow ass. And no tactile telekinesis. That's right. No tactile yeah. telekinesis. And I really liked um, – I really Which liked, I really thought they were going to do. I was kind of surprised. Yeah. yeah, I was really really surprised. I liked how they uh, also threw you right into the story where they just tell you that it's um, six months have gone by and boom, the Supermen are there. They don't really explain – they don't like give you an origin story for Steel. They don't give you an origin for Cyborg Superman. There's nothing about the erratic hair. It's just like boom, all of a sudden it's six months later and there's four new Supermen rolling around. Right. Well, they kind of do it at the end of Death of Superman. True. Yeah, they, exactly. They, they, you know, they introduce the characters in Death of Superman and then – um, they kind of show it as like the end scene in Death of Superman. Yeah, so you know? it was really well done. Um, yeah. The biggest question I Bravo had. Bravo DC Universe, another great yeah. animated movie to add into the universe. I think it's. I think it was really cool. Biggest question I had though was, uh, where was Aquaman? Because he was, he was in. Oh, he was there. That's he, right. He was there, and then he wasn't there. Yeah, he, he was left. in the Death He's of like, Superman. He's like, yo, deuces. Yeah. I'm out. I'm, <laughs> back. I'm going back to Atlantis, bitches. <laughs> because <laughs> like, they had the rest of the Justice League in this in Reign of Superman but and he, he was, was there in the beginning of the movie yeah and Aquaman was just like 
Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's like there in the beginning and yeah. then he's just never there. Yeah. Ever Bye guys. Again. <laughs> Peace, bro. Just taking a nap. The whole thing. Like, I, I didn't, didn't know where he was. You know, yeah. again, doesn't take anything away from the movie. I was just kind of like, no. we, we, we walked out of the movie. And we were both like, Hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait, where was where's Aquaman? Uh, where's Aquaman? Where's Aquaman? Yeah. Oh so, God. But yeah, really cool. Once it comes out and is uh, on a streaming service, I would definitely suggest that, uh, um, that we get a chance to, uh, th- th- you guys get a chance to go and see it, especially if you're at all yeah. a Superman fan or if you like the Superman cartoons. This was just a really good one. The death of Superman was incredible. I, yeah. I absolutely love that movie. I loved it last year when I first got a chance to see it. I thought it was so well done. Uh, Reign of Superman is great, uh, but it's not as good as death, but it is it is still a really good uh, continuation of that storyline and, and a continuation of this universe that they seem to be putting together now. So we also watched, as promised, the two Fire Festival documentaries. Yeah, I mean, we gave you pretty much our thoughts on it. And, you know, the funny thing is, watching the documentaries, it was almost like exactly like what we had said yeah. and what we talked about last week. So don't want to go into it too much. but The main thing I want to call out from the documentaries yeah, that of, I a thought— A couple of main things here that we want to talk about. There's a couple things that I thought were just brilliantly done. So, so as you know, there's two, right? Right. The Netflix documentary had been advertised for a little while— the Hulu documentary literally just popped out of thin air. And bravo on Hulu for like literally taking a jab at Netflix by throwing out their documentary two days before Netflix released theirs. And the yeah. best part – I think that we, we both think that the Hulu documentary was, was a little bit better than the Netflix yeah. documentary. But the best part of the Hulu documentary – well, two parts. Um, one part was at the very end they're asking one of the guys they're interviewing. The guy says, so whose fault do you think this all is? The guy takes a pause and he goes, everybody. Everybody. And like everybody. Truer words have yeah. never been spoken. Yeah. But the thing that we really loved was at the uh, at the end when they were like rolling some of the credits and telling you, you know, this person ended up doing this and blah, blah, blah. You see at the end of every documentary, they mentioned um, – because they extensively had interviewed a guy from Fuck Jerry, the Jerry Media Corporation, who was the social media team behind Fire Festival. Right. The guy that they were interviewing, they made a point at the end of the documentary to say – Netflix is also producing its own documentary about Fire Festival. Yeah. <laughs> dot dot dot. Produced Pro- by Jerry yeah, Media. Produced by the Jerry. And Media we're like, oh, yeah, oh, just shots fired. Shots fired. Yeah. But then, yo, know, sure enough, Anthony and I were like, I bet you that the Netflix documentary just points fingers at everybody but fuck Jerry. And sure enough, they did. <laughs> Yeah, so the the thing that I loved about the Hulu documentary was very funny. It was very lighthearted. It was just it was poking fun at the whole situation, right? Because the whole situation is like a terrible thing, but they really just they they show you how bad of a person um, that uh, Billy McFarlane was, yeah. and they show you how how bad the situation was, and how it really is. There is a little bit of fault to put on every single person that was there, and they do it in a very fun way to try and it's one of those things where if you don't laugh, you'd cry, right? Yeah. So like they made it very funny and they made it very directed toward millennials they used a lot of memes a lot of you know quick shots and everything like that a lot of different animation and you know kind of like things that they added in which i I really liked um without getting you know too analytical into it it was really just talking more about uh billy mcfarland and make no mistake about it 
the Hulu group, the group that did the Hulu documentary, did pay Billy McFarlane two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to do an interview for yeah. the. And it's just it's so easy to see that he's obviously, I mean, either a sociopath or a psychopath, oh, like 100%. whatever, whatever you want to call it, right? I don't think that he has the feelings. He just doesn't feel remorse. Like he doesn't yeah. feel. He doesn't have that in his in his brain waves. Yeah. Like so. And I found it fascinating that the Hulu documentary talked a lot about magnesis and because. This was, yeah, you know, they, as, they, they, oh, way more yeah. than the um, than the like, uh, as, than the Netflix documentary. Because as much as as we were following this when it was all unfolding a couple of years ago, I never realized until watching the Hulu documentary that he, the whole reason he basically did fire was to help pay for his failing Magnesis company. Right, like he was trying to bolster the company by like a quick cash dra- cash grab at this festival. Yeah, and and like we were talking about last week, like I myself, I was a member of Magnesis. Right. Right? Because oh, I, we forgot your card. Oh yeah, we we, we were gonna ding the card. Do, do on the clink. Anthony yeah, got whatever. scammed. We're gonna frame it. <laughs> I didn't get scammed. So that was the funny thing is that when all of the events that I went to, yeah. right for Magnesis, I never had my reservations canceled. I never had anything. Right, it was always easy. I always felt VIP. I went to the clubhouse. I always felt very welcome there. It was always it, it felt very cool. It was it was exactly what it. It preached to be, and it was a way. The whole thing it was not supposed to give you this luxury lifestyle, but rather be a way to connect people. Yeah. Just another way, just like social media, just like a, another way to connect like-minded people, right? And so I, I really appreciated that. And as I was in that business, it really helped me with my business, right? So you know, I was able to make a lot of connections, and it was able to utilize it to my benefit, right? Um, so when they were talking about how people would get tickets. For events, and then the day before the event, have their reservation canceled on them without having their money returned. Yeah. Right? It just blew me away. Yeah. Right? And I was just like, whoa. Like, this, like that never happened to me. When that's I when it really never. started to go under, man. And yeah. it was like, another thing I really loved about the Netflix documentary was that, so the, the Hulu documentary was, was definitely more critical of Billy McFarland than they sort of. Um, and, and, and fuck Jerry, and they sort of let Ja Rule um, fall by the wayside. But the Netflix documentary, because they were trying to take all the eyes off of fuck Jerry, man, they just, whether intentionally or unintentionally, they fucking dug into Ja Rule, man. Like, oh, they made yeah, him they look like a complete bag of shit. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. And, and you know what? I, when I As I was giving it some more thought after watching both documentaries, and this is just my, my perception. Where's Ja? Yeah. Where's Ja? My perception of it is that <laughs> I think that one of the reasons Ja Rule did this, like, so Billy McFarland obviously did it because he's a scam artist. So he needs to scam people. That's what he lives and breathes. Um, I think that Ja Rule did it because he wants to be jay-z he wants a little piece of that that big money businessman jay-z yeah. pie that he's been doing for the last at least decade oh, you know found out it's not so easy yeah not so easy is it look. like the scene yeah. where they were showing the conference call post debacle oh, where jaw rules on the call and the one guy goes he goes yo that's fraud man and jaw rule goes no 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 it's not fraud it's false advertising. Yeah, it's false <laughs> like, advertising. Like uh, in this situation, okay. what the fucking difference, okay. man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like they really made him look like a bag of shit, dude. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> The one thing that I did like about the Netflix documentary over the Hulu documentary was the fact that it was um, a, a much more in-depth analysis of e- the event industry, right? And of putting on an event, right? 
because it showed you, you know, how difficult it is, right? Just how difficult it can be, you know, and everything that went wrong. I mean, so many ridiculous things. They, and it, it was so frustrating because they literally had the answers that were there when they talked about how they could have rented a cruise ship yeah. and had it off and then being able to transport people to the actual island and then back to the cruise ship late at night. That would have solved so many different problems yeah. for them, yeah. right? But instead, they wanted to be able to have it where people were living on this island and it just ruined it. And then they fired the guy two months before the event and that's the problem is that when you have these people that just want to surround themselves with douchebag yes men yep. right who just who just do nothing but say yes all the time and don't tell them no no the reason that you hire people is because you want them to have a difference of opinion you want them to tell you no right yep. you want them to be able to to bring you in and reel you in when you're going off the rails and he, they just didn't want or, or accept that right and then you have all those another thing I didn't oh, know oh we need positivity we don't need negativity we just need to we we just need to think positively you, about this and we need problem solvers here. No, I'm sorry. You need more money and you need more time. Wait, when the, in the Hulu documentary when they were shitting on that one influence and the guy goes, oh, no, I, I just, I'm just an influencer. I'm just looking to, to spread my values. Oh, just spread What's, my principles. Yeah, what, what are your principles? You know, uh, positivity and... Uh, like just, yeah, just they just, crickets. They just made the, him look the, like the such the an girl, asshole. The girl did the same thing. She goes, you know, <laughs> like, you know, I just, I think that the reason that people like follow me is like because of my principles, you know, yeah, and like the things that I stand for, you know, like positivity. Yeah, like oh my god, join the club. Everybody wants to be how you fucking asshole. Oh my. And another it's thing that so, blew my mind. It's like so annoying. So the last thing I want to say is that blew my mind because again, not something that I was able to glean from the stories when we were following them. The hundreds of thousands of dollars that are owed to the local workers in the Bahamas that yeah. were trying to put this shit show yeah. together yeah. that oh, just heartbreaking. never – and still have not been paid. Like that's unbelievable. Yeah. Like I mean I'm not surprised what I, well, we know, and, know about this And shit, apparently man. the one girl just this weekend after the debut of the Netflix documentary, um, she had a, a GoFundMe that she put up and oh, good. raised like $130,000 I think. Good. Pay the whole fucking like island. That. Yeah. She, yeah. And she had uh, – raised $130,000 off. Crazy. Which, you know, uh, gotta love GoFundMe, yeah. right? You know, which is I think is great. You know, it's um, really interesting. Yeah, we get that wall built. <laughs> I Just kidding. We're not going to no. I didn't go there. No, but no. We, to, to be clear, we're not going to talk about politics. No, and neither, definitely not Donald Trump. Neither Anthony uh, nor myself gave money to that campaign. So no, just let's neither, be clear Neither about Matt that. nor I yeah. are Donald Trump supporters. Let's just be clear But then again, that. we are not Democrat supporters either. Yeah, also so true. there you go. <laughs> go uh, how about freedom of choice and let's bring in – let's not only bring in a third party. Let's bring in five parties. Let's bring in six parties and let people decide who is really going to be the best president. Whoa, whoa. Let's give an equal – Playing field. Oh, we're not talking. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sound the politics <laughs> on you, man. Flag on the play. Flag on the play. <laughs> no politics. Um, no politics. On so this last show. week, uh, Anthony and I correctly predicted that Glass would win the week, yep. despite being the pile of steaming Shamalama yep. shit that it was. Yep, made forty million dollars. Uh, made forty million dollars. Yep. Um, I predicted it'll probably make another twenty in its entire yeah. run. Yeah. So, so this weekend is interesting because, as we've talked about before, we're still in the month of January. Studios are continuing to offload their big shit pile projects that they know are not going to make a lot of money. Maybe some good critic reviews or award season-ish time, you know. Um, but these are not – they're not releasing their blockbuster big money makers the first month of the year because it's cold and it's shitty and right. nobody wants to go out. Right. So – um, I don't think being, the next big movie is until Alita, 
which is uh, yeah. is uh, Valentine's Day weekend. Yeah. So with that being said, um, there's you know a slew of indie type movies coming out this week. Um, there's a, a big star-studded movie called Serenity coming out. It's got Matthew McConaughey, yeah. Anne Hathaway, uh, Jimon Hansu, a lot of like big names in this movie, yeah. and it looks like a very good movie. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a great movie, actually. Whether or not it's going to break the banks the, at the box office, highly unlikely. Yeah, so the question is this. So Aquaman still made over $10 million last weekend. This weekend coming up will be Aquaman's sixth weekend. Um, I don't think Glass takes it again the second no, weekend. definitely not. But I don't think Aquaman has enough clout to come back to win the weekend. But What there else is, is coming out? Is anything new? So there is a new, movie? aside from that movie Serenity, right. the biggest thing to note is a movie called The Kid Who Would Be King. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's an animated movie. It no, honestly looks like hot garbage, but I it's think... It's not animated. It's yeah, live action. Or, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were right. It's live action. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's right. a live action movie. Um, but... It's a kids movie. Yeah, I think just based on the fact that it's a kids movie, I think that's going to take the weekend. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I would love to to be able to give a bold prediction and say Brawley, and that's something that we should really talk about. Is that Brawley did half the amount that Glass did, right? They did twenty million dollars on a third of the screens. Yeah, right. They had literally one third of the screens, and like, like one-tenth of the showings because yeah. even though they were on a third of the screens they didn't have as many showings i think that in our local theater it's like right? four four times yeah, yeah. It only and on one day it yeah. was only on saturday it now wasn't make, even like i now, think there was like one on friday night one on yeah. thursday night make no mistake like four I showings think, on friday or i saturday. think that if brawley came out this weekend for the first time oh yeah i think it would win the weekend because yeah. like we said aquaman's not going to have enough gas to make it through a sixth weekend and people have the word is out on glass right now yeah. i think brawley would have taken the weekend if it had come out this weekend and not yeah. last weekend yeah and i'm excited i can't wait to see that brawley yeah. movie but um i have to agree with you i i was actually looking at the kid who would be king and i and i think that it looks like a good movie um it's definitely going to beat the crap out of serenity um, yeah, I, I you know even though Matthew McConaughey is awesome and I would watch him in anything, I'd I'd, I'd watch him read the phone book. I really would. Yeah. I'd pay I pay seven dollars to go and watch Matthew McConaughey read the phone book. I've got I've got Serenity, <laughs> I've got Serenity in my Rotten Tomatoes draft. So I'm hoping and I, I need to pull at least like a high seventy. Yeah, to make it worthwhile. I, I think it will. I think it'll be a good movie. Yeah. I just don't think it's going to make a lot of money. Come on, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It well, seems like more of a passion project than anything exactly. else. You know. Um, so yeah, so the kid who would be king, um, you know, kids movie, there's no football this weekend. There is the Royal Rumble. There is NXT loud, um, with, uh, the theme song X by Poppy, which Poppy. we talked about last week. Yeah, I'm Poppy. I'm Poppy. I'm Poppy. I'm Poppy. Well, you know the I'm deal. Poppy. <laughs> I'm Poppy. You know the deal, true reviewers. We'll have some great reviews, great news, more trailer news yep. for you next week. We'll probably talk about Royal Rumble. Definitely. Uh, have we'll to talk definitely about talk Royal about Rumble. the Brawley movie yeah, and, and any uh, kind of uh, you know, other times. It's a day by day show with the DC Universe. I'm sure we'll have something fucking stupid yeah, and crazy it, to talk about yeah, with DC I, next you know, week. Something that just recently came out. It looks like they changed the title of the unnamed Batman movie. So it was supposed to be the batman and now it's just untitled batman picture so oh. it's no longer going to be called oh that's the good batman. oh that, that yeah that, that uh, great great news i'm sure the movies are moving in a great <laughs> a great direction yeah. when they've had a title yeah. whenever whenever you take the title away and move it back to untitled great yeah. i can't wait for this fucking movie it's gonna be so bad awesome good yeah, job we'll, dc we'll, we'll see where it goes from there everybody tune in next week we can't wait yeah. to see you go like our stuff go follow yeah, us thanks. go subscribe yeah, follow us go on listen. instagram uh ready underscore set 
set underscore review. We gotta change that. It's too complicated. No, it's. I mean, it, it just ready set review. Take out the underscores. Yeah, no, I like it. It works. Okay, good enough. Yeah, I like it. You sold me. <laughs> Especially because we've already had yeah, it, right? You sold me. <laughs> Follow us on SoundCloud. Um, you know, click the like button and and give us some comments, right? When you get a chance to listen to this, let us know what you think. Let us know your opinions. What movies would you love to see us review? Is there anything out there, you know, that that you guys have seen? Um, any kind of little known movies, right? We talked about the last man last week i think that that is going to be a cool movie i'd love to be able to do a review of something like that right you know something that's off the beaten path right just just let us know what you think and um yeah and uh and and keep on keeping on i guess I don't know. i'm really bad <laughs> you, you at, gotta like, work you gotta work on the maybe, yeah. I, maybe i have to write out so yeah. like you did the beginning this yeah. week because i did it so badly last week so like maybe we should like write out the end i don't know you should write out i'm just fine you should write it out he's the better part of the show oh, anyway. man. <laughs> tune in next week true reviewers we'll see you then